Hey there, this is Anna, and you're listening to Minute Mysteries, the podcast where I cover various true crimes, unsolved mysteries, and conspiracy theories. We will start with a one-minute segment that kind of gives a general overview of the story in question, and then break it down from there. But heads up, some of these stories can get pretty graphic and or violent, and some listeners may be triggered, so listener discretion is advised. So, this week, I went back and decided to watch season seven of American Horror Story, and it's the cults season. And honestly, it's really fascinating because they show a lot of stuff about cults, spoiler alert, but not really, but they mention Jonestown a lot, and it's one of the most fascinating cults to me. If you at all like this episode or you want to dive deeper into it, there's a really amazing YouTuber. Her name is Stephanie Harlow. She did a, like, I want to say like a five-part series on Jonestown. She went very in-depth, a little bit more than I'm going to today, but it's really fascinating, so definitely go check that out if this is something that you're interested in. But yeah, we're going to cover Jonestown. It's an insane cult that happened in the 50s to 70s, and it ended in one of the highest death counts for a cult in American history. So if you're at all interested in cults or mass followings or anything like that, um, just keep listening because we're about to go into the one minute rundown. On November 18th, 1978, in Jonestown, Guyana, 909 people died in a mass suicide under the cult leader, Jim Jones. Their cult's formal name was the People's Temple Agricultural Project, but they referred to themselves as the People's Temple, and most everybody else referred to them as Jonestown. This was the day after several members of the People's Temple carried out a murder-suicide targeting Congressman Leo Ryan, who had just visited Jonestown on suspicions of it being a cult. Those that died in the mass suicide seemingly died from cyanide poisoning from drinking laced Kool-Aid, coining the popular term, don't drink the Kool-Aid. However, many hesitant members were found to have been shot by Jones's Red Brigade guards or injected with a poison, leading many to believe that this was actually a mass murder and not a suicide. Jones was found dead due to a gunshot wound, having committed suicide seemingly after watching all of his followers die. Jonestown was the largest single loss of American civilian life in a deliberate act prior to the 9-11 terrorist attacks. We're about to go into the bigger breakdown, but first, we've got a message from our sponsors. So Jim Jones seemed to have a fairly normal childhood. Well, I take that back. He was raised to think that he was special. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. Most everybody's parents raised them to believe that they are special, and we are all special. But Jim Jones's mom, especially, raised him to believe that he was above the law. He started committing petty crimes when he was a teenager, and everything that he did mistake or on purpose seemed to be brushed under the rug and his mom made it kind of just disappear. Um, it makes you think, had he been told that, you know, you still have to be within certain boundaries, the law, you're not immune to it, would he have gotten as far as he had? I'm not so sure. But from then on... He believed that he was special and he started to form this opinion that he was above everybody else and he needed to be a leader of people. Jim Jones formed the People's Temple in Indianapolis, Indiana in 1955. Um, they started with a little bit more of a biblical teaching and then they moved to what they called apostolic socialism, which was not loved at the time. 
we have to remember that this is a time after World War II where we just got out of communism, Marxism, socialism being this very scary thing that would lead to genocide. So for somebody to take it and build a following off of it was a very radical idea. But one of the group's teachings was, quote, those who remain drugged with the opiate of religion had to be brought into enlightenment, socialism, end quote. So it's a very radical idea that it's all for the greater good, which in theory sounds great, but the entire way that they wanted to go about it, not so great. Jim Jones was a very charismatic person, and that's a little bit obvious, at least to me, since he was able to get so many people in post-World War II years to join a socialist cult. Um, I think you have to be very charismatic to get anybody to join any cult, much less something that is so taboo at the time. But he did it. Um, everybody believed in his powers of healing. He would plant people in his crowd and faith heal them, much like you see some of the evangelical televised pastors do today. But on a much higher level, I guess you could say. He created this cult following and was able to move his people to the Redwood Valley in 1965 and then to San Francisco in the early 1970s, where having a little bit more of a radical view wasn't the worst thing in the world. And actually, Jones managed to get involved in politics. His group was instrumental in George Moscone's mayoral election in 1975, and it's hard to believe that somebody who would later provide such a tragedy was influential, especially in a city like San Francisco, where you feel like that was the time where everybody was having their awakening and everybody was learning to be their own person, and the 70s were... A very influential time overall so for somebody to take advantage of that um, just goes to show the kind of man that Jim Jones was. In the fall of 1973 the People's Temple started to receive some more bad publicity. Jones was planning for a media fallout and rightfully so. They were starting to see the People's Temple for being a cult and Jones being the radical cult leader that he was. While he was influential and charismatic, he was more radical, believe it or not. He wanted to create waves. He wanted to create a revolution, much like you would see with Charles Manson. But in a different way, he wanted to create it using the media to his advantage, but he knew that it was turning on him. So they had to find their fallout shelter of sorts. And they found that in Guyana. Guyana was a socialist country, and they were moving even more to the left day by day. While Jones had decided on Guyana, they wanted to look into other countries, maybe in the Caribbean, maybe even Russia. But this was also during the time of the Soviet Union and the Cold War, so that plan didn't work out as well as they had hoped. The agricultural mission in Guyana was going to be a slower process. At first, Jones sent... 500 of the People's Temple down to start building it and they were going to slowly migrate over but in 1977 
Jones realized that the media and the politicians were definitely against him, and he went for the mass migration movement. He got several hundred of his followers, packed up, and moved. Now, a lot of people ask, why would they willingly go with this man? If he's as radical as they say he is, why would they go? But you have to remember that this was a cult, and Jones had these people damn near brainwashed. Which leads me to believe that, and we'll get into this later, it's not a mass suicide. I see it as a mass murder. Um, he would broadcast his speeches throughout their houses, throughout everywhere that they were. They were always listening to either him speak or a recording of him speak or him reading the news saying how much the media hated them. And it got even worse when they moved to Jonestown. He made sure that they knew they couldn't go home because the media hated them, because the media saw all of them as these radical, crazy people and that they wouldn't be welcome. He pumped them with his teachings 24-7 almost. If they weren't sleeping, they were listening to Jones's radical ideas. And it just kept getting more and more crazy. He started sounding more and more insane, if you can believe that it got worse, but it did. He also groomed his followers, and this is another reason that I say that they are definitely brainwashed individuals. The Kool-Aid that they ended up drinking, they had become desensitized. Jones went through several trials with his followers where he would say that the end is nigh, it's time, we have to leave this world, let's pick up our bodies and go where our souls need to go or whatever he said but he would make them drink kool-aid that they thought to be poisoned and when it wasn't poisoned and they survived he told them congratulations you've proved your loyalty i trust you thank you and they eventually didn't even question it if he handed them poisoned quote-unquote kool-aid they didn't think anything of it. They were used to it. They figured it was another trial. He was just trying to prove that they were loyal to him and only him. But it eventually did happen. It eventually was poisoned, but they were desensitized. The mass migration increased his paranoia, like I said. But people were starting to question it from within the people's temple. Jonestown wasn't done. It hadn't been completed. They didn't have enough supplies to house 900 people. But Jones kept saying, it's fine. It's fine. We're getting more of this. Besides, you can't go home. They hate us. Your family doesn't want you. They hate you. It was awful. People were working often 12-hour days, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., listening to Jones ranting the entire time on the loudspeaker from the safety of his air-conditioned hut. They couldn't run. They couldn't go anywhere. But Jones was wrong about one thing. Their families did miss them. 
their families did not hate them and their families did in fact love them and they were complaining which drove what ended up being the catalyst for the final tragedy congressman leo ryan visited on november 14th of 1978 he wanted to see what it was like in jonestown was it this paradise that everybody claimed it to be before they left because there were family members back home who hadn't seen their relatives since they had joined but they didn't think that it was as perfect as it was because how could it be he was promising the world to these people and it just wasn't so so when the congressman came, they put on a show. Jones had everybody, the healthiest members, only show the congressman the certain parts that were actually finished in Jonestown. And they didn't actually get to see all the parts that were still being built or the sick people or the starving people. But what Jones didn't expect were for some of his followers to want to leave. There were a few that went up to some of the people that were with the congressman and they begged to go home. They wanted to go back to the United States. They wanted to get out. And the congressman agreed to take them and Jones pretended to agree to let them. But of course, he wasn't going to let everybody get away that easy. Ruin his reputation, ruin his image as this amazing utopia builder, was he? So the day that they were supposed to leave, on November 17th, they had two planes ready to take everybody out, and he made sure that that never happened. He sent a few of his loyal members and had them kill the congressman and make sure the planes never took off. The members that Jones sent to the airstrip that day didn't make it back to Jonestown that event ended in a murder-suicide and nobody made it not Congressman Ryan the pilots those that voluntarily left nobody and then the next day the 18th Jones gathered all of his people and told them that this was it News had gotten out that it wasn't perfect, that they were all crazy, that they were these crazy socialists that wanted to overthrow everything in the United States, and that the military would be coming soon. He convinced them that the only way out, the only way to leave peacefully, was to drink the Kool-Aid. A lot of the members did drink the Kool-Aid. They had been desensitized. They didn't think that it was going to be real. Just like last time, they were proving their loyalty. But this time, there was cyanide in the Kool-Aid. Now, the cyanide poisoning started to kick in, and some of the ones around, the other members, they didn't want to die. They weren't ready. They could go home to their families. Why? What happened to Russia? Why are we not going to Russia? Jones told them that there was no hope anymore. The military was coming, and this was the only way out. They deserved to go peacefully. But what about the children? Many of them asked. 
Don't you think that most of the children deserve to go peacefully? Wouldn't you want them to find peace? Was Joan's response. It's estimated that a third of the people that died that day were children. 300 children. This was a massive tragedy unlike any other before its time and for many, many years after. The theory started. This seems like it was not a mass suicide and not a mass exodus. At least not voluntarily. And I agree. I agree with the theory that Jonestown was a mass murder. I don't I don't think that you can say that it was totally voluntary, even those who did willingly pick up a cup and drink the Kool-Aid. How can you say it was voluntary when they had been brainwashed for years? They weren't in control of their own minds. Most of them. There might have been a few. You definitely can't tell me that the children were a suicide. If you're not of legal age to vote or join the military, I don't think you're old enough to consent to end your own life. In the brainwashing circumstance, I don't think if somebody's telling you, drink this, and it's somebody that you look up to as a leader, you're going to do what they say. So no, I don't consider this to be a mass suicide. I consider it to be a mass murder. I agree with the theory that this was a mass murder, but I want to know what you think. Um, please write in and let me know what your thoughts are on Jonestown. Um, I didn't get to go into as much detail as Stephanie Harlow did on her channel, but definitely go check her out. So yeah, that was Jonestown. And that's a really heavy hitter to do for a first podcast, I guess. But hey, gotta do something that you find fascinating, right? Um, I always find myself babbling about true crime and conspiracy theories and everything to all my family and friends. And I figured, why not share it with an even bigger group of people to sound like an even bigger maniac? So thanks for listening. And if you liked it, be sure and give a good rating. Share it with whoever you think would be interested in it. And thank you if you do. Um, let me know if there's any stories that you want me to tell or look into or research for you or just reach out and say hi. Um, my email is annasminutemysteries at gmail.com or I plan on putting these on YouTube. So hop into the comment section there. Thank you so much for listening and thanks again to our sponsors. I'm really proud to have started this and I really hope that y'all liked it too. Thanks. Bye.